0: Hello, beautiful human. Thank you for joining Shit You Don't Want to Talk About. We're stoked to have you be a part of the conversation changing Shit You Don't Want to Talk About into Shit to Talk About. This show was created to have us open our minds and learn about new perspectives even when we don't agree with them. Please be advised, episodes can discuss content that is not suitable for all listeners and it can be triggering opinions of our guests expressed on the show are their own they do not necessarily represent the views of myself or the show there are a few ways we could really use your support please share your favorite episode especially send them to someone that could really use the content we talked about donate on paypal and patreon subscribe and rate the show iTunes and Spotify and follow on social media and join the conversation. It's shit to talk about That's shit. The number two talk about links are in the episode description.
1: Hey, vibrations, Pink Panther and Kennedy. Thank you for joining shit. You don't want to talk about. Please introduce yourself and the shit you want to talk about.
2: Well, I'm Pete and the
3: shit I wanna talk about today is just fucking being yourself no matter what. And I'm Candy Lee, and the shit I wanna talk about is having your friends back.
1: I dig it. I dig it. And now, could you tell us a bit about what Vibrations is?
3: Vibrations is a musical entity of harmonies and color and uh, being authentic to yourself i um, not having any rules or limitations and, you know, not breaking the will, but, you know, adding to it.
1: I dig it. I dig it. All right. So something <laughs> that we've talked about in the intro call and also I asked you specifically when writing down names, because the beautiful audience knows I am horrible with names, but I'm <laughs> working on phonetics of what are your pronouns?
2: Well, of course, like I said, I'm a pink cat, and my pronouns are Dan, specifically because I have the essence of both. I am a feminine, Black gay man, but I'm also, uh, you know, I have masculine voices as well, and I feel like everything entwines into each other. And so we was just talking about this earlier. I'm considered pretty. I'm not <laughs> considered handsome. <laughs> so, you know, I have a, a little bit of both, and I'm
4: happy
3: with that. I love
1: you know, that.
3: Yeah, yeah, so I'm Kennedy, and my pronouns are they and them. And actually, that probably was discovered what over a year ago. Yeah, um, just figuring out how the scope of things fits for me, and not to say, um, he doesn't uh name who I am, but it doesn't encompass all of that that I am, and so it allows me to be free and express myself in all various ways that I can. And you know, I respect the. The women, or female energy, and I have some of that because I was raised by women. So yeah,
1: why not? I, 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 yeah, it's intersectionality, and I love how that shows up. Something that we talked about on the intro call that I think is you both were so open about of being gay black men. And something that I asked was, how does it show up with Pink Panther? As you said, uh, you said you're pretty, not handsome, uh, <laughs> being on that more feminine side, and then Kennedy being more on that masculine side. I, I know, and this is, I think, I'm, I'm a little stuck on the question because how do you ask someone of how they grow up with that being a black man, yet, especially a gay black man, yet you identify as they, them. So it's like, you don't want to like bring someone back to an identification that is no longer part of them, yet I'm still curious of your journey because there's not, I feel like, okay, I do feel like, words uh that it's a different stereotype of being a black man and also a gay man and yes. you have a different experience there so could you share that and how you found the journey of they them
2: um well for me i grew up in the south i born and right raised in mississippi so it was definitely different. Um, in church, Baptist, um, strict in that area. So being gay, one thing, like you said, being a Black man, but also adding femininity or femininity on top of that. um, It was hard, like not necessarily from my mom or my grandmother because they love me unconditionally and I'm very grateful for that. But just trying to find your way um, of being told that you're not a girl, which you know that you're not a girl or you're not masculine enough to be in this organization or to play these sports or those type of things. So it it was more of a struggle in the area of trying to find myself and being comfortable with being there because it's hard. It's hard because it's a natural thing for me. I was raised mostly by women. Of course, my father, I knew my father, but the males in my life wasn't present uh, or as present. And I was teased by most of the males in, in my life or in my family by calling me faggot, sissy, uh, queer, and you need to go play with the girls. So, you know, that was how I picked up most of my mannerisms and I felt that it was wrong because I was told that guys shouldn't walk like this or guys shouldn't wear this or do that. So I tried to find this masculinity along my journey and just realizing the real definition of a man doesn't lie in how you, your actions its just the responsibility that you have. And to be Black is one thing in America, but to be Black, gay, feminine, and educated, I mean, there's so many targets on you just that alone. So it was about, maybe like you said a year ago, of me being comfortable with my feminine side and learning that I do have both energies and coming to the day and them and a better
4: understanding of being driving an androgynous, and I love it. Hmm.
1: Well, my, oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, my
3: experience is definitely similar. Um, it's funny because we talk a lot. We have a lot of conversations. And my cousin, actually, my older cousin, she asked me, she said, are you sure your pronouns are he? And I was like, he and his. And I was like, yeah, she said, no, I think you should like sit in that and try to figure out um, what that means for you. Um, Because like he said, like, yes, I I come off very masculine, but my experience growing up has been traumatic. I'll say that in the the least, because I've been teased, I've been bullied, I mean, most of my life. But um, a part of my masculinity comes from of the area of my father's side, because they're very much men presenting. They're very hard. They're very much uh, from Brownsville. I know you don't know what that means, but they're definitely from the hood. They're very much macho. They're very much um, men. And so having that just genetically and then being raised by women, I'm, I'm a visual person. And so, watching my mom and my grandmother, and my great grandmother, my great great grandmother move around, I picked up on how they moved or how they did things. So, my broken wrist was something that wasn't normal for others, but it was normal because I, this is my family, this is my, these are the women who are raised. Me. Um, so, it was, the journey has been interesting and exciting and hard. Because it's letting go of your idea of what it was or what you thought it was supposed to be um, and allowing yourself more freedom.
4: Um, So,
1: yeah. I believe you said it was your cousin. Sounds like a very wise person saying, sit with that. And really being introspective about what you want to identify as. And I appreciate you both talking about the bullying because that I feel like that happens with anyone that is different. And with so many different layers that you both have had to grow with, because I don't want to say deal with because those layers are very beautiful they, they make you who you are. So, and I feel like a a lot of people say, deal with these layers or deal with this stuff. And it's like, but that's what makes you so beautiful. That's what makes you a, a magical human being. And now, especially since we're kicking this off for pride month, can we talk a bit about your coming out stories like what how old you were at least or when you knew I asked because I think it's something at least for those that still are in situations that are not healthy or are really dealing with this on the inside and not and have not come out that knowing what age that starts so they stop questioning themselves as much
3: okay um so my grandmother said that I knew when I was three. Now, she said based on our conversations. <laughs> and I'm sure I talked to her a lot. However, I didn't come out for myself until probably 18. Um, and that coming out story is quite interesting because I was dating somebody and my mom asked me if I was gay and why did I have two my spaces at the time because I was trying to maintain one aspect of my life and try to go to the other one and try to be whatever that was free I guess um so <laughs> um it was at the time I didn't know how to articulate what being out was I could only express out of I want to say, desperation that I was gay and I like men and this is not my orientation. Um, And even having that conversation with her multiple times afterwards and trying to, I wouldn't say convince, but explain that two men can hug, two men can kiss, two men can um, console each other because that was foreign to her. Which, I mean, obviously, she's a woman who likes men. Um, and thus, that also uh, embarked me on the journey of going to therapy and trying to have a deeper relationship with myself and uncovering things that happened in my past, um, which also got me to a place to come out to her again and my grandmother um, so they could, I could say it in a loving way but affirming way for myself but for them to understand that. This is who
4: I am, and that's just it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can say I was never in the
2: bar. I Being feminine, I was never in the bar. I can't say there's a certain age that I knew. I, I honestly can't say that, but uh, when I finally told my mom, which was my senior year of college, that I decided to, you know, voice it um she said she always knew and she wasn't surprised and she was just waiting on me to tell um nobody in my family like that I did de- deal with ever asked me like I said naturally feminine so I felt like people just knew so I don't have like this oh grand coming out of the closet story because I feel like when you're naturally feminine there you know so you, you you can't hide it and if, there is no story <laughs> the only thing I can say was um uh, I was doing a lot of research when I was in uh when I was in high school. I'm kind of telling my age because I was around at the time that we still had a dialogue, you know I mean? <laughs> And I was actually on Black Planet. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, I know That's it's really um, And I was in gay chat rooms because I was trying to understand like okay, what is it to be gay? According to when I go to church and how I'm raised, this is such a bad thing to be, but I don't have anyone to talk to. And mm-hmm. I can't say uh, one of my saving races was a show called Degrassi. Um, I love Degrassi! Mar- <laughs> yes! Uh, I was able to identify with Marco and his story and how he dealt with things in high school. I didn't have a similar experience, but just trying to see how he dealt with it. Degrassi had a lot of, we talked a lot of life lessons on there, but uh, Marco really helped in that aspect. But yeah, I guess I was always out of this invisible closet that you know everybody <laughs> else is in. I was never in it. <laughs> <Invisible closet. laughs> it was it was invisible. But I can say when I told my mom my senior year, I'll never forget that she had moved away at the time and she was in Texas with my sister, and I had went there for Thanksgiving and. and Like I tell people, it's always weird because, you know, when you go through security, no one else can come with you. But my mom went through security with me to sit back with me as I got ready to fly out. And we were talking, and I began to cry. And I told her, Mom, I don't like women. I like men. And she said, Baby, it's
4: okay. I love you. Hmm.
1: That is really beautiful. And hearing how some people in your family just were both, for both of you, were just so open and accepting how did it feel actually owning it and the two, like uh for example like kennedy you you had your two myspaces your your world it sounds like they you try to keep them separate yet they collided and <laughs> my, life.
3: <laughs> my life my
1: life no go ahead continue yeah, yeah like how do you i i I feel like so many people, we start as we're on this journey, start having so many different masks when we are like one way to our family and one way to work and one way with our friends. And yes, we still all have that on some level, yet they when they start to merge and you become who you are, where you're so much more of this is who I am no matter where I show up. And yes, I may have a bit more emphasis on One or the other, I'm not completely different people. How did that feel, owning it and those worlds colliding?
3: Um, Honestly, it's it's been the story of my life um, because my mom and my father are completely different people. So bringing into the masculine or the gay and the straight and that going me over, Um, honestly, I probably only recently became really comfortable with it. Um, and I'm saying that because
4: it was, it,
3: I enjoy how feminine or effeminate he is, right? I, I enjoy it because that's a, it's, it's very loud, outspoken, and it's shit. So like, if he, whatever he puts on he, he feels like it's, um, <laughs> it amplifies his effeminate. I put it on and it's like muted. And I'm just like, but I want to be, I want to be, too. but it's, it, it's something that I embrace or I've learned to embrace that who I am and what I walk through the door. It just is, and I collide it and I make it my own and it just drips on me like water and it just is what it is however it shapes however it falls however it becomes it's based off of how I see fit um so it's it's been a journey it's been a interesting journey (laughs) but I wouldn't change it because I'm firmer in my beliefs and my understanding of myself and more importantly the love for myself
1: and I love that your shirt says love.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: And the colors you both are wearing. They're so bright. They're beautiful.
2: <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because we talk about this. And I wear it in a way he got to hide. I wish I could because it's just like because I'm feminine or I've always been fem- feminine to have those mannerisms. I couldn't hide it in my walk. I couldn't hide it, in the way I talk. And then when I did put on certain things, it amplified it. Like I didn't color my hair back then, but it's like now, you know, in different things like that. Because when you are, you're putting, you're pushing the forefront of being teased. The more masculine guys get to hide, and I used to honestly be upset about that because I'm just like, oh, why, why can't I? High. And to them, they used to always be like, "But you're so bold and so yourself, and I wish I could do that, and I wish I could go there." And I'm just like, ah, you know, just getting the perspective of both sides because I, people always stare at me or giggled or like, why he walk like that or why he's moving like that. That's how women. act. That's not how a man is supposed to act. So it was, it was hard. Um, I even tried to hide it. <laughs> I saw a picture the other day of when I was in college. I used to wear really baggy clothes. And I used to walk really slowly to show, to try to hide that I had a natural twitch. But when I got comfortable, it was, it was right there. Like I couldn't hide it. So over the past couple of years of finding myself truly, like I said, talking about authenticity and not trying to mute
4: that. I have become more comfortable with being
1: either. And I love how you both talked about that because I feel like it's still a daily journey because like even while I'm recording these episodes, I'm like, oh gosh, okay. Like this person may have, or these people may have a completely different life than I do, which I mean, everybody does. <laughs> that's the purpose of this podcast and I how like always think like how do I bring the best out of them and stay myself because I've really grown up as a chameleon that would try to like morph into who somebody wanted me to be Mm. and now I've I've found more of Staying myself and taking care of myself and being the best version of me, I'm able to do that for others. Now, Kennedy, I, you mentioned at the beginning about the shit you want to talk about of being like there for people. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you request that? And how do you show up for others?
4: How do I
3: request that? I don't request that
1: okay.
3: Um, to be honest, because and I say it because I understand that people have things going on, life happens, and things like that. I'm very, I'm very understanding to a fault sometimes. Um, so, asking for help or asking for my friends to be there, usually that comes with time for me, because they've learned who I am and how I move and if I need it and I ask, that's when I definitely need um, versus how do I be there for them? The same way, uh, my friends tend, we tend to be similar in that aspect of one being him, um, but the, the other ones on my hand, Um, (laughs) On my one hand, they are the same. Like, I I show up, I listen, um, hold them accountable. um, I make sure that uh, whatever they may be dealing with at the time, they understand that I am there. I try to be very present for anything that is special going on in their lives. Um, I, I try to be what I would want somebody to be for me. Um, compassionate, um, loving, and some of that love is kind of tough, but most of that love is very real, um, and loud, and bold, and, you know, I allow them to be themselves in totality, there's no judgment, there's no, well, bitch, that's wrong, It's it's definitely, okay, so why or how or where did that come from? Like how did, and not like I'm not in fix it mode with a friend. I mean, so how how are you gonna fix it? But how can we fix it together? Or are you sure? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's how that works for me. I mean, friendship is a, a very high pillar for me. So if you if you can make it my, if you could make it to the level with me of being my friend, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you or at least try to do to the best of my own. Um, Because I think those are the people who, who get you through the day. Those are the people who make sure that you're okay even if you are pretending that you're not. Um, they They're your family that you get to choose. And I think that's very important because I think sometimes people get into me specifically, but I can get into a, a space in my head that I need somebody to come and knock on the door and be like, okay, so are you okay? We need to go do something or um, how do we get you out of this space? Or, hey, I'm here to listen um, and you're not crazy or let me pour love onto you. So things like that. I love that. and And definitely
1: being able to, like, it sounds like we, your friends really know. And you know, when they're asking for help specifically, they're like, Oh shit. Okay. We got this. We're going to be there. It's actually important. Like right. let's go. Yeah. And, I, yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I love the fact that you talk about that. It, it takes time to grow that to becoming a friend. It's not like, yes. Like I will say that I pick up instant vibes from people where I'm like, they're dope people. And like, I feel like I could be friends with them. Yet it feels, my my dad, I do not talk to my dad anymore. He is a full narcissist, failed Connor's Story for another time. Yet he taught me a few things in life, you would think, um, about the love box where both people need to be able to put into the love box. And if you don't both put into the love box, that if only one person's putting into the love box and one person's taking that person is going to eventually be drained. Right. And if you both just take from it, then there's not going to be any love left. Right. So when you're both putting in the love box, I really appreciate how you talked in my head, you talked about it. of <laughs> uh, Being able to be there for each other, to show that love to each other, to not uh, judge them on what's going on, but at the same time going, what the fuck, dude? Like, right, right. and it, something that comes to mind of like the love box and being able to grow friendships is I can really vibe well with someone, yet it takes at least as an adult, it's hard to grow friendships. Yes. And
2: maybe.
1: Yes. And it's like, I slowly put into the love box to see if they reciprocate. And yeah. do either of you like have suggestions on yeah. making new friends and how you, yes, it can be a vibe, but I feel like, especially in the podcast community, there's so many beautiful humans And it's hard to build that friendship because it's like, how do you build a friendship now when you're not together? Like, you're not physically together because so much of the world is now virtual.
2: Well, I honestly think, because we talk about it all the time, people have to view relationships just as relationships in general. I think, yes, we put them in subcategories, but all relationships, except for the one, except like when you're with someone. Besides the sexual part of it, every relationship needs the same thing:
4: communication, comprehension. Let me do a comprehension in there because
2: you communicate, not understand. Comprehension, love, compassion, no judgment. You know, it's just a list of things that go into that accountability. And I feel like building friendships nowadays. A lot of people want to hold you accountable, but they don't want to be held accountable. And you also have to hold yourself accountable. You have to be okay with being wrong at times. And it's okay. It's not about being right and wrong. But if you are in the wrong, you're not above apologizing or saying that I'm sorry. Or you're not above just learning from somebody else. Because we don't know everything. Because everybody has a different experience as far as growing up. No two people are like, like he says all the time, identical twins are two different people. So just learning to understand and no judgment, and just coming in with the baggage, but also self aware, knowing the things that you have to clean up, the knowing the things that you have to work on, and I think that that's just hard in itself because a lot of people want to work on everybody else and tell everybody else what to do, mm-hmm. but they don't want to work on themselves or they don't want to understand their own triggers or they may have trust issues and things like that so it definitely takes time you hear now oh that's my friend that's my friend you won't hear that from vibrations <laughs> <laughs> just because you know me of me from instagram and of me from facebook mm-hmm. don't mean you know me at all
4: so yeah um
3: I'm probably the worst person to answer this because it takes me a long time to make friends. Um, A long time. um, It's a a trust thing for me. Um, And that, that trust has to be built over years, not weeks, not months. And that's about sharing. Oh, excuse me. Taking the risk to share and be vulnerable. And that can be a little... Iffy because you don't know somebody's going to use that against you. You don't know how they're going to make you feel ashamed about it. Um, so it's it's more or less like, you know, you put your foot in the pool and you kind of hope for the best. But usually you get that 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 uh that feeling, as you said, that vibe about who that person is. But you I pay attention to mannerisms and verbiage and how people move. And if you can be respectful to like an older woman on the street or a little kid or the relationship with, um, somebody we may mutually know is, you know, copacetic, you, you get more room. I'm not saying you get the friendship, but you get, you get more, you get more room. So, I mean, I would just say trust your instincts. On oh, that. And disagreements show a lot of things too. You need to
2: understand how a person is in a disagreement. But we also have to give people room to grow. That's where the self-awareness comes in because a lot of people and this was me included didn't know that there was a major difference between transparency and vulnerability. You can be transparent all day. Transparency is very vague. I'm telling you what happened, this is made how I reacted to it, so forth, so but vulnerability is talking about how that particular incident may be. And I feel like Anytime somebody is vulnerable to you, you never take that for granted or you never use that against them. And when you find people that's using that against you, then nobody that you need to be friends with.
1: That's beautiful. And so true On, on both aspects of slowly building that trust with the vulnerability. And vulnerability is definitely something that so many of us talk about now because Brene Brown has become so popular, which I love that we're finally talking about it. Yes. I, I myself found that I created without meaning to fake vulnerability in the fact that I've been through a lot of shit and I can name it off. Like, and people are like, Oh my gosh, you're so brave. You're so vulnerable. And I'm like, telling it as bullet points is, I feel more transparent than mm. vulnerable because I'm not going into how I felt about it. So I love how you call that out, Pink. Like that is absolutely like on point. It's a Because yeah. makes
2: you feel, that is a whole different type of, oh my God, like it,
4: it can take me back.
1: Yes. Yes. Now... One thing before we move into talking more about vibrations, because y'all have let me uh, ask a ton of questions about the shit you wanted to talk about. And I feel like this is going to lead a lot more into the authenticity that Pink was talking about. What something that I've noticed in speech patterns, uh, as you two have been describing your stories, is you still have referred to each other as he in certain aspects and I call that out because I get have a really hard time with they them not like the words they them it's changing how to it it's it's considered like a plural and Mm -hmm. in my head it's really hard to deal with the plural not the fact that it's a name but he and his is like a in the English language is, you know, a singular where they, them, there is all plural. And I struggle with that because it doesn't always compute. And I hear that you've both said he, in your speeches, speech mannerisms, in your, whatever it's called. (laughs) Yes. I'm curious how you feel about that. If, if that's something that's just to each individual, how they feel or. What you would
3: say about that um so to be honest, we probably are saying it right now, but we use all pronouns in getting that um so definitely she and she, uh she exists <laughs> <laughs> and, and everything so it, it's, we we don't take offense to any pronoun yeah so that's why it's a, it's probably a little bit easier for us um so and also because we're in a different the different generation of that's what we've been using most of our lives. So in speech, like you said, we're just talking to, I guess, save space in a, in a sense. Like it's just an normacy of what we've gotten used to. But I'm, I, we've called each other girl. She's on. She's getting on my nerves. Uh, <laughs> Sit down. Like, so it's, that's what the key, she, they then come in to the, the conversation. And to answer your question, it does depend on the person. Because some people will definitely get
2: offended. Um, so, you know, if they say they are these particular things, um, you know, you try your best in, to, to uh, say those things. But I also think that they need to give people grace because it can be an adjustment of going from, because people are very visual, So if I see a she, I'm gonna call her a she. If I see a he, I'm gonna call her a he. And I don't really think that a lot of people are doing this to be offensive. For example, where I work in my day job, like I said, I'm a pretty man. And it's so funny because a lot of, um, you know, cis people, uh, straight people come in and they, they hear me on the phone and they think I'm a she.
4: They see me, they say, okay, Maybe it's the heat, so they
2: ask me what my pronouns is out of respect because they're just like I'm not sure. But oh, I can call you a lady over the phone. That's fine. Oh, but I'm calling you a man in person. That's fine. But for other people, if they are very adamant on you calling them that, do it. But I also want them to give grace to people as well to
4: adjust to that. Thank you,
1: and thank you for also allowing the space to originally ask you how you, both of you of how you started to identify as they, them. And I think that really helps us as a, as a human being able to see these transitions of other humans and then Mm -hmm. like deconstruct the languages we're taught Mm -hmm. and how Uh, You two are very, very open when I asked how you became they, them, and what life was like previously, yet to your point, that is not something that each individual would want to do. That is, is, is not, I would say not something that someone would necessarily want to bring up unless it's in a safe space and you're gauging it, yet allowing the other individual to not answer. And letting them know, hey, I'm not asking this out of, you know, harm. I'm asking this to like understand because I think this is a new world. And so many people, I think, get upset with the two sides to
2: it. Some people are doing it to be offensive, but I do think there is a group and a percentage of people who are actually trying to educate themselves because I don't want to call you the wrong thing. Right.
1: Yeah. And I feel like there's a bit of anger towards the transitions of identification because they don't understand it. So yeah. it's easier yeah. to be go, I'm just going to be mad about it, which can come off as, you know, rudely and meanly because they don't want change where it's just like, they don't understand. They don't comprehend where this ha- is coming from and like, each person's journey.
2: Right. Uh, this little piece of story. I, I worked with someone who uh, had a friend that was trans, and she had always known him at that time as a he for years, and he trans, uh, you know, uh, transition mm-hmm. to a, a transition to she, and she would get upset if somebody mistakenly said he. But it was like it's it was taking time for people's minds to adjust. They weren't saying it to be offensive. I've just known you this way for so long. So now I'm just getting used to this. I say the same thing when people get married. You may be used to calling them by a certain last name for the longest time you've known them, but now that they're married, it's like, oh well, let me address you as
3: XY. Reprogramming can take some time. Yeah. So I mean it's understandable, but I think, like you said, I think people have to give each other grace and time to reprogram their brain or take out or change or switch or modify, as my mom would say, what's going on in their brain or how they were taught because what's happening now is completely different. Or maybe not completely different, but it's just, you know, the puzzle just doesn't fit the way it used to, so now you have to turn the puzzle around, to it from a different point of view. And you can tell when it's an insult versus a (laughs)
0: mistake.
3: You can you can tell when
2: they're trying to be insulting.
1: Yeah, I love that. And thank you for deconstructing that with us a bit. Now, something that I am so excited to bring up is vibrations. And we haven't talked about it much. And I absolutely love what you two are doing. What is vibrations a bit more? And how did you two end up starting it? And what are we looking forward in the future?
2: I want to say before we talk about it, I'm the
3: best friend of an (laughs) artist.
1: I just always speak
3: it when I say that. Um vibrations. Uh, trying to make sure I cover all the questions. Um, how did we get started? It was the accident. Um To be honest, we met at church, um, Impact Church, and we were actually talking about one of our favorite groups of all time, it's Destiny's Child. And we were singing together and working together. And then I was working on my solo project at the time, and he was helping me get that together and figure out how to make that the best of its ability and then get the cover to all of me. I hope I'm not speeding through the story. Um <laughs> um we and once we covered oh excuse me so all of me was originally going to be a cover just for me. It was his idea he was going to arrange it, but after hearing um him on the song and what he added to it, it just made more sense. So our amazing producer um agreed with me. He's usually on my side, which I'm so grateful for. And so that was the start of something that we weren't even aware of um, because that was also the start of the Aquarius, um, what was it? Uh, Age of Aquarius. Yes, Age of Aquarius. So, And we are both Aquarians. So that even made it more of a, like, a oh, we should do this. So releasing that um, and then working um, together on various other covers that we've changed. So Welcome to the Light. I'm working with Jed, um, and then our all-time favorite Christmas rendition of three amazing songs. Um, yeah, that was the start. i am adding to that. Okay. okay. Right? Um, after the All me cover
2: that I was tricked into. I was <laughs> That's to your mead? adding? No, no, no. <laughs> I was tricked into it. Um, in December, we talked about doing a show called Violet's. And we actually did a show. Um, we put together a show. And uh, it premiered me as Pink Panther. And we just kind of did some songs. And the show was called Vibrations. But as we started to move on. And um, an interview was coming up for Out magazine. And he and I had been working together still. And we was just like, you know, huh. We are Vibrations. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm the Vibrations. The frequency. Because we were talking about that. It's so crazy. We were talking about that during the editing of the video for the vibration shows my vibe frequency, not even realizing we were talking about the group the entire time yeah. talking about
3: ourselves. So, yeah, that's not that. happened. it was very organic. Very organic, yes. Um, yeah, and so up and coming, we have a uh, soon To hear the airwaves of the world is our first original uh, song and video. Um, And like I said, soon it'll be out. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, we have other things coming up. We also have a a showcase that's coming up. Um, And of course, we're featured on this amazing uh, podcast that is such a a, a refreshing um, experience. So yeah, Vibrations. We are vibrations.
1: Here here. I'm no just staring at the two of you going, can you sing me something really quick? I feel like the audience <laughs> like I feel like the beautiful humans listening are like they want a taste of vibrations.
5: What I do, what I do? What I do your mouth? Join me in you kick me out. got my head spinning no kidding i can't pin you down what's going on in that beautiful mind i'm on your magical mystery ride and i'm so dizzy don't know why, but i'll be all right my head's a little Bye. You're crazy i come out of my mind loves all of you Love your curves in all your edges All your perfect imperfections Give your all to me I give my all you. Your mind in my beginning, and either and I lose some cause I
4: give you all, all, all oh me and you give me a all, all, all you <laughs>
1: Absolutely amazing. Did you two talk about that beforehand, figuring that I would be asking you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, hmm, the same?"
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm so glad you two talked about that previously because <laughs> phenomenal. Thank now we're we're close to that 45 minute mark, and I want to check in and see. We talked about, you know, being authentic to yourself and how you two worked on that a bit. I feel like that could be its own episode. Like you both came up with two and like with vibrations. There's so many more questions I could be asking. Are Is there anything that you wanted to specifically talk about while you have this platform to really highlight on? Uh, uh,
2: like I said, uh, that was it major shit I wanted to talk about because <laughs> it is such a journey. And when I say being authentic, I mean literally authentic to self. I, I always tell him this. I say, it's amazing, you know, whatever people choose to believe in, Yahweh, God, whoever, whatever, how it was constructed and how every animal knows its purpose. A bee is never trying to be a wasp. A squirrel is never trying to be a, a, a chipmunk. They, they innately know what they're supposed to do. And I feel like we're built and constructed the same way. You're innately, you know what you're supposed to do. The only thing we all face the false self versus the true self because we allow the world to shape us and tell us, what this is wrong, that is wrong, but innately we feel that we're supposed to do this, or we know we're supposed to do that in our body, and everything in our body is fighting against us to do what you're supposed to do or naturally be how you're supposed to be. Stop fighting it. I know it's hard, but you have to stop fighting it because it takes a lot of reprogramming once you get into the mold of this is who I am. So if you see the red hair, it's because now I am the Phoenix, you know, I always have to rest, reference a movie, I love the X-Men, Jamie Ray and the Phoenix is one of my favorite characters, I'm not crazy, like oh, now am going in there, but it's just amazing how Xavier explained how she had this dual personality that was trying to fight to get out because she caged most of her power away, and you shouldn't have to cage that away, you shouldn't have to. It that way he's a uniform we call him the uniform his hair several <laughs> different colors you shouldn't have to hide any part and any aspect of who you are there's the but there's the caterpillar stage which we feel like we've been through there's the cocoon stage but now we're in the butterfly stage where you need to spread your wings and just fly and be you unapologetically all the time. And that can be
4: that can be difficult. Yes. Because, I mean,
3: you have to fight through what you thought you knew to be true. So to, to get, go through the, I, I like to call it flames, of, of purity. You, want, you might have to burn off some things to be the full mold of what you're supposed to be. To be the, whatever Yahweh has molded you as that clay. Instead of that, that, I guess, that basket over the clay that you've been trying to hide behind. Um, so, yeah, I think being authentic, it may sound easy nah. coming out of our mouths, but it's definitely been a journey of shaking something, excuse me, let me be clear, shaking some shit off. Um, and it can be, um, I know one of our musical uh, uh, associates she said it's hard and it can be exhausting and it can be very much um, tiring. And that's, I don't want to say that it's not that, but I mean, when you're pushing and you're fighting for yourself, yeah, definitely. But it's definitely going to be worth it. It's
2: a lot of forgiveness of others, yourself. It's a lot of self denial. It, it It is a lot of realization and self awareness, like, and you will lose a lot. I want to be clear, and I want to say that again. You will lose a lot of people because they're so used to a certain version of you that you're no longer that version. That's not saying that that part of you didn't exist, but that's not all of who you are. And let's be honest, that might not be who you are at all. And you're living in misery. That's why we're seeing such a... High suicide rate because people may have all this money, and all of that, but they are miserable with who they are. They can't, they can't, they go to sleep at night sad on
4: the inside because I am living a lie.
1: And to your point about that, you lose a lot of people. There's also people you burn that bridge on purpose, you're kicking out. It's not just losing them and their choice. There's people that you get, you get to get rid of you. Yeah. You, you, you find the strength to get rid of because you became the Phoenix and now you're burning it off. Right. Burning the two together. Now, you got <laughs> now Kennedy, is there anything that you wanted to cover about, you know, being there for others or now all I can get in my head, like can't get it out of my head, is "Lean on Me" the song,
0: and
1: yeah. uh, that's really what I'm picturing <laughs> right now of being there for others. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Um, yes, uh, I will say don't
3: forget who the person is. Um, there can be heated moments. There can be extremes. They can be. They can be going through various stages of their own personal life. But don't forget what they showed you so you can have an understanding of how to be there for them or even get them to talk and communicate with you so remember remember the love that you once had for that person yeah that staying doesn't define them.
4: that that mistake isn't the definition of who they are people make mistakes but like i said don't forget there's a difference between a mistake and a character mm-hmm.
1: Two different things. Completely <laughs> okay. That's another <laughs> conversation. That's a whole nother conversation.
3: A whole another conversation.
1: <laughs> okay, that was really fun. That was really fun. I had to say it twice since you two said it in unison. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We had a good Now, what are you, are you looking forward to Pride Month? We're kicking off this with Pride Month. And...
3: Does Pride Month mean something to you? Pride Month um, it means uh, a lot of different things to me. I've been uh, blessed to experience DC Pride, New York Pride, and Atlanta Pride, and they're all different in their own specific ways. But to me, it's about um, camaraderie of friends and hanging out with people that you love, and and celebrating yourself as well. But at celebrating that it's okay to be, um, which goes back to being authentic. But it's okay to to love this way, to look this way, to feel this way, to to talk this way, to express this way, um, to be proud of the things that people have shun out of you or try to manipulate for you to believe that it's not because they have their own insecurities or their own projections. So Pride Month means
4: to just be. Be you. Yeah.
2: Um, look, I, I, I've learned to uh, wave my rainbow flag in all year you know, um, you know. But uh, <laughs> Pride Month um, I see unity not just only in the community. Uh, when I got to experience uh, the Pride here, what I loved was there were a of churches that were out there, preachers that were out there not preaching at people, but Showing love, showing that you're still a part of God's family or whatever you choose to serve. There were straight people there. If Pride Month for me brings all walks of life from straight, gay, black, white, Mexican. You see some everything in it, and it's a unity like no other. So it's definitely uh, a beautiful thing, and I definitely think that it's needed. It's so much that has happened over these past couple of weeks alone um, with grief, uh, with the kids, as well as what happened at the particular store. So I just think that it's just showing that we can stand together
4: and we can make a difference.
1: Thank you for that. I I completely agree in the fact that I can be an ally with pride. I think It's nothing that I'm ever going to be able to fully relate to other than supporting and building up all of these humans that have been torn down so much and go, no, 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 no. You guys can't be torn down. You're beautiful humans. Please be yourself. Please continue to push these boundaries of society that is trying to keep you in your cocoon yet be bold, be beautiful, or not bold and beautiful. You know, people don't need to be bold. There's no reason to force somebody to be bold. Yet, just supporting a human the way they are instead of trying to put them into us back into their cocoon, thinking that they can't be that way.
2: Absolutely, I love what you just said. Uh, it's not about understanding because I would never, he would never understand what it is to be a woman to go through an abortion but that doesn't mean that I can't stand with you that doesn't mean that I can't support you no. that doesn't mean that I can't march with you I think a lot of people try to understand that if you've never walked in the shoes of going through like he doesn't fully understand what it is to be a feminine man. like I don't fully understand to be a masculine man but that doesn't mean I can't show love compassion that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a story and the same, I, I love that you said that just standing with us, a lot of times that's what we need. It's not the understanding, but we just need the to, support. To,
1: to, to. Thank you. Now, do you two have any words of wisdom to the beautiful humans listening or watching?
3: Oh, I feel that we, that's all we get.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the um, entire episode, just really <laughs> listen.
3: Vibrations and wisdom.
1: Um, um, I'm
3: trying
4: to think. Uh, take the risk.
3: I know that's vague, but take the risk. Take the jump. Take the leap of faith. Um, you may not think that you have the wings to fly, but I promise you, they'll come out of nowhere, and you'll be soaring to the next thing.
2: Yeah, I'll back again. I got another movie right? I am Rafiki. It is time. <laughs> <laughs> it is time. I don't know what that means for everybody, but it is time. Like right? it's just time to do what you know that you need to be doing, and that goes along with taking risks. We can't worry about what everybody else is saying. We can't worry about what everybody else is doing. It is time. If I need to be right to get you on top of
4: that stick, if
3: I like that.
1: It. it makes you think did you guys like the live action version or the animated version better?
2: I like the animated version. I'm going to be honest. I'm so biased. one of my favorite movies. The live action, I love the way it looked, but I listened to a lot of soundtracks. They gave me everything I needed on the animated soundtrack. And the live soundtrack, just, it was all wrong when it started. So, life and be prepared to give me the second. You know, it it was just
1: it was just nice some things, but it looked great. It makes me happy that you two say that because I, I, I love all the animated versions. Yeah. Like all like Aladdin was my favorite movie of all time. And I watched the live action, I'm like, that's cool. Like if I it was its own movie, but comparing it to the animator, I'm like, I can't do it. Can't. I feel
2: like the only thing that gave me what I knew that I know what animated at first. Harry Potter, when they made it into movies, it was just as good as the movie.
1: Ooh, that is true. That is true. I can't agree
3: with that. But and I'm only saying but because that was, I mean, that was a natural transition. They were human in essence, right? Yeah. Versus like the cartoon being I mean, because I don't get a book right when they make it into a movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they were some missing details, but, you know, we're not going to go there. So it's different a different conversation, different podcast. Um, I, I, I allow me. I agree. I feel like we prepared should have been more of a hmm. Um, there should have been some more hmm. But I, I just separated, too, because Lion King is my all-time. All, I mean, animation movie. So that I I can't. I wanted to see it because I, su- you know, I support the animation. Right? It's, it, but you know, two separate things for me in my brain. I have to make it two separate things. I fan on Broadway really, too, and it was just good. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that
2: the the live action the way it looked was bad. I'm a music person. I would know a soundtrack before I know a movie. So I just need the soundtrack to give me that same, Like John Elton John oh my God, that circle black when he came in. But then when they did a live action, it was a
1: <laughs> I adore the two of you. And just to, because we do need to round out the podcast and finish this up, to our beautiful audience listening, you know the drill. We can always use your support by liking, sharing, rating, and donating to the podcast we definitely need your Don- help <laughs> yes please donate and now how do our beautiful humans reach out to you
3: um they can find us at vibrations too at uh on instagram so that's v-i-b-e-b-r-a-t-i-o-n-s the number two underscore um and yeah they can find us on SoundCloud. They can find us soon to be on iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and all the streaming uh nations in the world. Um, that is anything but when y'all find us on YouTube, like
2: we're literally too gay. So I know yep. there's another possible vibrations out there,
3: but we we are gay. No rap. We're colorful. Yes. How about that?
1: Yes, but yes. We're <laughs> I appreciate you two bringing that up because my googling was very Very confused before I met you (laughs) too. I was very confused. Now, what is something that you both are grateful for?
3: Um, I'm grateful for my friend. Um, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful for what is in store for the future. Grateful for
4: this is my
2: sis, my brother. (laughs) Definitely grateful for our mom. And our grandmothers
4: and grateful for this opportunity and being able to live actually extremely grateful.
1: thank you both and i'd say something that i'm grateful for is the vibrations you both put off you guys have good vibes and it's mm-hmm. been i feel like i've had this cheesy smile the entire time we've been talking <laughs> of just learning about you and sharing your experiences and really sharing not only what you went through but ways of growing through it. And I feel like that is something that so many of us need. And thank you for kicking off Pride Month and talk soon. Thank
4: Thank you. Thank
0: you so
1: much.
3: Bye.
0: Bye. Hello again, beautiful human what did you get out of today's episode we'd love to hear what was most impactful to you we all know someone that could have really used this episode so please send it their way remind them that they're not alone stay tuned for new episodes every wednesday here's a few ways that we could really use your support to keep shit you don't want to talk about going share an episode let's get the message out there donate on paypal or patreon Subscribe and read the show on iTunes or Spotify and follow us on social media. Shit to talk about. Shit, the number two talk about. Bye.